Live from the Bougie Bus, it's Bougie and Foul. Today's episode was recorded on location in Yankee Town, Florida. We're on the beautiful Withlacoochee River at Bees Marina and Campground, our location for the next few episodes with deep water, no bridges, and just 2.5 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. And when we say no bridges, we mean that big boat that you've got can make it from Bees Marina to the Gulf of Mexico by boat. Doing sunset tours, lots of boat rentals, and so much fun here in Yankee Town, a great city of old Florida. You can call the office at 352-566-8319 or visit them online at bmarinacampground.net. They'd love to hear from you. Tell them you got Bougie and Foul. Thank you for having us, Bees Marina, for this episode of Bougie and Foul. Some of you are listening to this podcast because you found us on a player. And some of you are listening because the guest of my show actually sent this link to you and you're listening to your friends. So if you're just listening to your friends or just listening because the topics that we discuss, give us a follow. Doesn't mean you have to listen to every episode, but just give us a follow and help us spread the story of these wonderful people that I'm meeting along the way. And here in season one, you know, it's special people in my life. And I know you may not appreciate my story, but you will appreciate theirs. Bougie and Foul is recorded live and it's supported by listeners like you. Our show is committed to those that entertain, make us laugh, and make us feel all for a better life. This episode, you will meet Kim Hansard. She is a Knoxville native and a local favorite on TV and radio. Kim has been referenced as the Radio Oprah in the Knoxville market and has been a very dear friend and Knoxville icon for decades. She is a breast cancer survivor and faithful spirit wife, and mother, and we will get into all of that. She is the Kim in the Mark and Kim show on Star 102.1 each weekday and from time to time on the Radio Partners TV affiliate, but always on the football field when Eli is playing. My friend, Kim Hansard. Foul is brought to you by 411 Vape Center, 411 Vape Center on Facebook or call 865-856-8881. Bougie Foul Company's first fitness challenge, Exceed Expectations 2020. Join the Exceed 20 Challenge at bougiefalco.com and click Exceed 20. A special thanks to our friends, Colin Feed and Seed. All the girls in the front, the guys on the docks, and special appreciation to Angie, KK, and most importantly, Gus. French Fry and Twissy May are even healthier on the road because of Colin Feed and Seed, Brookhaven, Mississippi. My, I don't know, my rock of many ages, my Kim 
Hansard is on the line. Kim Hansard. Hello. My God. And you know, I'm so self-conscious. I want to talk with a deep voice because your radio voice is amazing. Oh, please. Amazing. You, amazing. you know my radio voice is my real voice. <laughs> no, I know. There, there is no difference. <laughs> it's perfect. Welcome to Bougie and Foul. Thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule to, you know, talk about you a little and splash a little me in there. Oh, of and course. I'm, we have I a long history. It. There's a lot of splashing to do. <laughs> there is some splashing, splish splash, and and I am going to have to reference the rain. I don't know if you can hear it, but we're getting pounded in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, so Kim Hanser, we met, um, and it was when it's kind of ironic, and we're not talking politics, but but Ivana kicked Trump out of a building one time, <laughs> and I was involved, and and it was a bar in. Don't even remember where next next to the Oscillate and it's called Trump. Yes. But for but for different reasons was it called Trump's, I think. <laughs> it was shortened at some point, but you were in ad sales there at the time. Yeah. Um, and at, at the radio station, and I bought ads from you. Yeah. That was our that's where the romance began. And I immediately fell in love with you. I mean, on so many levels because you were, I mean, we just hit it off. I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh, where have you been my whole life? It was just it, drawn to you. I was just drawn to you. Well, and, and thank you. And I was always drawn to you, but you know what I was thinking about before we went, you know, before I, you know, I've you know, been doing prepping, you know, you are radio, you are, you are Knoxville. And, you know, here comes my little piddly podcast along and says, you know, let's do it. I do get a little nervous. And, you know, I do reference one time. I reference this every time I used to get, I used to get scared before I went on TV and that was my biggest dream. And I, and I did it uh-huh. on market. And when I was on market square and I'd say to you, I said, I'm nervous. And you always said to me, if you didn't get nervous, you wouldn't care. That's the way I, that's a big thing with me. You always want a little bit of nerves because if you're just like, okay, whatever happens, happens, which while it is true, you want to care enough to have a little bit of nerves going into whatever you're doing. Well, you know, at some point I did stop at this and say, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with our history and as long as we've known each other, we could talk for probably days. Uh, we did the other day, and, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and, and hopefully for the people at home, hopefully we stick to these bullet points I have in front of me. And none of that stuff that we've already talked about comes up because you all could be in for a very long car ride today. <laughs> So, you know, you know, we've got our story along the years, but let's go start with your star story. And that, that does is kind of where our story is. I came in from out of town and I'm listening to the radio. I came from Miami and I'm driving through wherever the heck, I, Lenore City. I think I was pulling into Lenore City and I, I'd driven all night and I hear Mark and Kim. And I went, is this Kim from sales? I called the station. <laughs> And apparently you had already taken the market by storm by this point. And that wasn't, I wasn't gone long. I had no idea, but I'd never, never have I called a radio station. They got on the phone so fast and said, who is this? That's funny. Well, everybody was shocked. I mean, it was kind of funny because I had done on air stuff years before. That's how I got my start. And I only did radio because I wanted to do TV. But then I got into TV and I didn't love it as much. So I went back to radio and it's where my passion is really. And I was doing sales, like you said, after um, a few years of marketing and promotions and writing commercials and different things, I thought I need to make some money in this business. So I went into sales and I loved it and I did well. I mean, I would call on people nobody else would call on because I didn't know any better. And um, I I did well. And then I ended up being sales manager 
for Star 102.1. And then one day we had the opportunity to start a new um, morning show. And my boss at the time, Rich Bailey, wanted me to just sit in the studio with this guy he had coming in to interview. And I said, man, I don't want to work on the weekend. Please don't make me. And he goes, I'm not going to make you, kid. Yeah. He goes, I'm not going to make you. But it would really help me out. And I'm like, okay. So I got in there and had forgotten how much fun it was, quite frankly. And so long story short, several people came through. I worked with two other guys for a couple, a year or a couple of years each. And then Mark Anthony came along. And he moved here from Wisconsin. And he had quite the reputation. He was, um, I, I mean, I'd heard of him. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, he's going to want to bring somebody yeah. in yeah. of his own. You know, he's not going to want me. Yeah. But he did. He's going to bring somebody in on his motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. and he, yeah. yeah. Come breathing yeah. in with him. And, and at the yeah. time, you know, his wife and three little girls were, you know, he had three young girls who were in school. And he was starting here. So he lived above our garage for three, four months when he first moved here, when he accepted the job. And I oh, guess as they, he was your Ralphie. He was your he, Ralphie. Well, Ralphie was with me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I forgot about your husband. You know, that Ralphie on the, you know, the pop-in neighbor that lived above the garage. What show was that on? It oh, my gosh. Matter. I don't know. But anyway, now I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think it. Oh my God, I forgot about I, I forgot about Ralph in this incident. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my husband's Ralph. So you know, I have a Ralph. I know. I drift. I know. Sorry. I was. We're about to get to that, but you know, I drifted for a so second. So anyway, long story short, that was almost twenty years ago. Coming up this February is our twentieth anniversary together, and um, I've only been with him three years less than I've been with my husband. So uh, that's yeah, crazy. it is crazy. And, crazy. and here, I mean, we've been able to continue to grow. And have a good time. And we both are like, I can't imagine doing this with anybody else. I mean, this is our radio life. Well, and you got, you still have good energy together. Like there's some people that you can hear when you're, especially driving through markets that I drive through and listen to the radio that I'm, that I have to listen to, because let's be honest, the bougie bus is 30 years old and I can only get radio. (laughs) Good for you. It is not. It's, it is not wired with Wi-Fi when you're driving down the road. It is wired with Wi-Fi, but not driving down the road. So so I do get a chance to listen to radio. And I always said, you know, over the years, I've always said that Knoxville radio, morning radio, and I guess I'm partial. I got people listen to this podcast that probably, you know, they only listen because they're partial to me. And that's one or two. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, Knoxville radio is good. Yeah. yeah. And and, you know, Knoxville radio is good. It's still entertaining. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I really wanted to do a little more of your backstory, Kim. But, but I guess in the daytime that we, the, the day and time that we're in right now, like radio really needs us to rally a little bit, you know. And and some of our old technologies are kind of being wiped wiped away by by Wi-Fi. And as long as I can keep doing what I'm doing, I'm okay with it. But but you know, it's kind of like the department store is going away. It's like some oh, of the old things are going away. Yeah. And with you guys, like you know. I, I was just making notes after I sent everything over, some stuff started coming to me. And, you know, now we, now just like my podcast, I prepare it for the car. Yeah. And we're used to me and you during our day, we listened to Dr. Ruth after whoever signed <laughs> off. And that was You're our, right. our morning, our morning, you know, we, we listened because we couldn't afford a TV in yeah. our bedroom. Yeah. We had radio and that DJ used to talk to us. Well, here's the thing. The and, DJ still talks yeah. to you and here, Yes, over, the, over recent years, um, you know, there's the big thing about, well, we'll just syndicate everybody and we'll have, you know, one morning show that's on 47 radio stations across the country um, or, you know, something like that. And there are stations yeah. that, that use that and it's successful. 
But now there's a little bit of a turnaround that's coming back to live and local because a lot of people, just like what you said, Taz, I mean, it's like people want to know what their weather is that morning. People want to know if there's something happening, you know, if uh, some kid has been kidnapped and there's an Amber Alert, they want to hear about it in their community. They don't want to hear about something somewhere else. And so people still want their radio people to talk to them. And they want to believe that you're there with them. And I know the syndicated stations, they try. They try to be as vanilla, if you will, as they can to make people think, oh, you're not really out of town. And some people believe that for a while. But when it comes down to it, you want your radio people to, you know, shop, pray, play, have your kids on the ball field with them. They want to know that you're in the community. That, you know, and it's so true. It really does because, you know, it's like I used to go back to the, you know, I've, I've, I've done some, you know, I'm doing basically web radio oh, right yeah. now. I get how that, you know, I'm doing that. But, you know, I, I also am not, um, I feel like I'm adding to your market, not taking away from, mm-hmm. your, you know, from that demographic just because keeping these people involved. Yeah. But, you know, it's like one of the, like when you listen to radio, you hope your name gets mentioned. It's like when you used to you read the community na- newspaper, you hope somebody read about you falling on the oh, school yeah. bus. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so, you know, you, you, I feel like the community we're, is going is missing that already. And that's something that Knoxville is, you know, they're slipping just a little bit. But you guys are you guys are fighting strong. There's a few of you there that that are live and talking about the communities. And I think that I think there's people out there that still require I that. Think as, Me being oh, yeah. one of them. I think I think as long as you're um, real. Okay, our show is so different than anything else that's on in this market. And I know there's other markets who do this kind of thing and shows that are successful with it. But our whole thing was we talk about our life. We talk about our lives as a radio team. We talk about my husband and son are on the radio every day, but they're not on the radio. Does that make sense? I talk right. about the stories. I have, and people like that because I cannot tell you how many people stop me at Target or wherever and go, oh, my gosh, our kids have grown up together. And I'm looking at them thinking, do I know you? And then they realize, oh, yeah. no, 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 you don't know me, but I've listened to you since Eli was born. I remember you going to California and getting him. And I mean, and people make that connection. They may have never met me, but I'm so right. honored, so honored when they come up and talk to me like I should know them because they feel they know me. It's so weird. And let, I want to talk about Eli for a second. We got ahead of the, um, cause I got, I'm sorry, someone, I jump around I, everywhere. Swear, no, <laughs> no, but listen, because you know, I mean, I knew that's the way it was going to be with us. And I put all these little bullet points out here and said, yeah. stick to it. And, and I told myself I was going to stick to it. That crap <laughs> is gone. So, so Eli, Eli was very special. You and Ralph tried to have children, couldn't have children. You decided yes, to we adopt. Did. So that, Okay, and you adopted a young man out of in North Carolina when he was in. No, it wasn't North Carolina. It was California. I mean, uh, California. You know, I saw the C in my head and said, "I know North you Carolina. know." Sorry, no, it's fine. Sorry. He, no, we I, were I, there I for know. his birth. I mean, we were we were joined uh, with his birth mother uh, when she was three months pregnant. So we went through the whole pregnancy with her across the nation. Um, yeah, but I talked with her two, three, four times a week. And as it got closer, I talked with her even more. We went and visited a couple of months before he was born and spent a long weekend with her to get to know her. Um, so clearly we had an open adoption. Um, but it was one of the most. Was that hard? Was it hard? I mean, was it, was it hard? Yeah. Like, you know, it was I mean, a little bit. I think it was harder for our parents than it was for Ralph and I, uh, as far as the openness of it, because, 
I, I mean, you worry yourself to death. But I remember her saying the whole pregnancy, she kept saying, I'm just the carrier. You're the mommy. I'm just the carrier. So she, you're the mommy. She had already come to terms with it. Kim, I uh, so I didn't have D&D put on my phone and someone beeped in on me right in the middle of that. So I asked <laughs> you if it, I asked if it was hard. I don't know if I can edit this out or not. So you guys at home, I'm sorry, but I do like to leave everything the way they're put together. So this true feeling of each story is told. So I asked you yeah. if it was hard and, and, uh-huh. and, and then you said it was. And then I got all of it except that first little bit. Okay, that's fine. I was saying that it was it, the whole the whole process of adoption is hard. Gotcha, but gotcha. it's so worth it. Okay, I mean, there's so many emotions. You're on a, an emotional roller coaster from the beginning to the end. You're happy one day, you're frustrated another. You're impatient one day, well, every day. But I think it was harder for our parents knowing that we knew the birth mother and that she knew us and knew so much about us. Um, because okay, so you know, there's I, always that fear. Okay, so was that? I mean, did that go away? I mean, did, was um, any of that was there? Did I mean? I know it. You just said it. So did that go away? Eventually, eventually. Um, the thing was, you know, we there's we went with Tennessee adoption laws, even though we were in California for his birth. Okay. We could use either there or here, and the Tennessee adoption laws were more to our advantage as the adoptive family. And there was 10 days of revocation where she had 10 days that after we had the baby, she could change her mind and get him back. And I, I mean, my husband and I would talk about, okay, we have passports. We can leave the country if we have to. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you know, and people go, well, you wouldn't really do that. And I go, if they're going to take my baby, you bet I would. I mean, mm-hmm. he was ours. And mm-hmm. so for those 10 days, we were so busy being mommy and daddy, but it's always in the back of your mind. But uh-huh. you're, you've got this baby. And then so when the 10 days pass, you're like, oh, my gosh, he's ours. This is great. We can leave. You know, <laughs> this is good. We can go back yeah. home. Yeah. And it was over the holidays. I mean, we were there. Our moms went with us. And that was it. Here we are. You wow. know, these, And we were there for 23 days. I mean, wow. it was like we could have almost gotten dual citizenship there from Tennessee and California. Yeah. Um, because well, it was just it just took so long. Well, and but and be, OK, so all that being said, would you do it again? Uh, not at 55 years old, but no, no, yeah. no, no, but it, yeah, no, oh, yeah. I, I, Every thank day. you for sharing. You're going strong at 55. Double nickel, baby. That's double right. Double nickel, double nickel. Well, you know right. that, okay. So you and Ra- you're Ralphie, Ralph, and uh-huh. uh, he, he, um, he, 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 you, you guys met at the PB, at the PBS broadcast, didn't you? Yes, we did. You're good. You remember good stuff. Um, so, and what was it? Was it like the telethon? Like you and I did a telethon once. And I think uh-huh. that's when you, t- when you told me that, was it the telethon that you guys met? Yes, it was. And as a matter How- of fact, he worked for a company at the time that would come and answer phones for the telethon at PBS. And, yeah. um, my best friend was the marketing director over there at the time. So I always did the telethons for them and did anything else I could. I would, you know, do, uh, underwriting announcements and things like that because they work on a shoestring budget. And um, so his company was there, Bechtel from Oak Ridge, answering the phones. And we had seen each other, I guess, two, three years, maybe, or two or three different telethons. You know, there's usually a couple a year. And um, yeah, so that's where we met. And we've been together 23 years now. That's crazy. I know. I can't, keep, I, I can't keep anybody 23 days, Hanser. Did you got somebody? 
I never twenty three years. God, I know man. it. He puts up with a lot. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I know all that purple though. Good lord, lady, you and your purple and those damn Christmas trees. My oh, God, you know, you know it's funny because you're not going to believe what I did today. You know the fantasy of trees that they have oh, here at Children's Hospital. Okay, yeah. well, I've been involved with them forever. I mean, I did room scenes. I decorate trees. I've always done something there um, every year to donate with the hospital. Well, Ralphie and I actually got married at the Fantasy of Trees 23 years ago. And oh, so, Lord. yeah, I mean, it's very special to us. And um, but so today, they actually, tomorrow, they're getting ready to have a where, Fantasy of Trees warehouse sale where a bunch of stuff that they've used through the years, they have to cycle out because they get new stuff oh. and I went to that sale and came home with a carload of Christmas. Bro, God, this is a perfect time to take a take a very long break. We'll be back, Kim Answer, Bougie and Foul. Here we go. Oh God, Kim, you and the Christmas, and I hate to move into. I, I, oh, the Christmas does wear me out. I'm just telling you. I know it but, does, but you've, you've got to learn. Uh, it's beautiful. Okay, I won't comment this year. I won't comment when you put your tree up next week, okay? Oh, don't I won't. Oh, No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't be confused. I may put one up this weekend in my dining room. No kidding. Okay, I won't comment. <laughs> I won't. I will re- I will not comment. I I want to bring the I want to bring the the tune down just a little bit because you know I know people every time I bring up a subject whether it's good or bad I do feel like it touches somebody somehow some way even in every oh, podcast mm-hmm. somehow some way we we have somebody needed to hear what I've said because it's been off of the wall and right in the middle of all this fun I got to ask um, several years ago you had a diagnosis of breast cancer. And you, you're you're doing good now, right? I'm doing great, doing great. You're okay. It was you're actually okay seven years ago today, believe it or not, that Get I was out. diagnosed. Yeah. Get out. So in the public eye, as because uh, you were, as I said in the intro, you were once called Radio Oprah. I mean, there, it was a different, <laughs> it was a different word that I just don't think we need no. to use it right now. No, but and, people you know, have called just, me that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the Knoxville's Radio Oprah, I did say that. So. Um, in the being in the public eye, dealing with a horrible, like you couldn't fall apart. And, and I just feel like that if something was given to my family member or to me, that was so, so catastrophic that could have been, it wasn't, but it could have been so detrimental to Mm -hmm. your relationship with everybody, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, so what was that? How was that to you? Well, like I said, it was seven years ago today that I was actually diagnosed And I will never, ever, ever forget those words. You have cancer. And um, it was a shock. I mean, it really was. And so um, I had a lump, but it was, that was a blocked sweat gland. So my husband and I were kind of, oh my gosh, this is so good. This is where, and she comes back in and says, but you have cancer in the other side. And I was like, what? And then I ended up having cancer in both sides. I had tumors in both sides, Um, you know, Oh, it was, it was awful. It was awful. And you talked about how you can't fall apart. Yeah, you can. Um, but I had to hold it but strong you did. for a couple of you weeks. You didn't know. Well, I did. You I had my moments. And the thing was, is for two weeks, I had to be on the air because I chose not to say anything until right before my surgery. And my surgery was three weeks after my diagnosis to the day. I mean, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Things started happening very quickly. Um, and I hadn't told my son yet. He was eight years old at the time. And um, we wanted to be able to talk to him. And, you know, so anyway, for two weeks, 
I did the show like nothing was going on. And, you know, of course, my partner, Mark, knew about it. Um, and he was helping me get through it. And it was the weirdest thing because some days I'd leave the studio to go out to our, our office area during the show. Okay. It would be in playing music or something. And I would just start crying. And he'd come out there and go, are you okay? Do I need to go on without you? What do you need? And, and so I did fall apart. And then when I told our listeners um, the, the Friday before I had surgery on Tuesday, because I took one day before my surgery, so the weekend in that day, I fell apart. Because it was like telling my mom or my family and my closest friends again, because all these people had been with us through everything. You know, we, I thought the adoption was tough, you know, and they were with us and they lifted us up. And then here I am eight years later saying, well, guess what? Now I have this. Um, wow. But I mean, we and I think my husband would tell you the same thing. We felt the community praying. And um, the television stations, they all wore purple on the day of my surgery to, you know, it's like I, I could not have asked for a better community, for better family support, for better friend support. I felt so lifted up. And more importantly to me was my husband and son felt lifted up. Oh, I mean, to think that a community could reach that far to, you know, through the through the radio. It was amazing. And, I mean, they were so and good. Touch, yeah. And, Touch your touch your son and your your husband mm-hmm. all at the same time. So congratulations, seven years. You're you're kicking. You're doing good. Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. So Kim, working through. Um, let's let's talk. You know, years ago. So you went on. You you've been on twenty. 20 years with me. That's what you said was 20 years, 23 with Ralph, right? No, 23 with Mark, 20 with Ralph. No, 23 with Ralph, 20 with Mark. Our, our, okay. our 20th anniversary. <laughs> I know I get my husband's confused, but <laughs> my work husband and my, my real husband. No, you got them confused. I know who I've been with. Ralph. Ralph's over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was me. He looked over well, here I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I looked, I looked, I looked over to my pad and to see the notes and I'm like, crap, there's no notes. I no. did the bridge. No, Mark. Mark and I have been together 20 years coming up this February. We're going to have a big 20-year anniversary of COVID will let us. That's funny, 20 and 20. That's sad. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. 20 and 20 is what I'm meaning. So what I'm trying to say is over the last 20 years, how has your job changed? Or how is your job, I guess, second to that question, because it really shouldn't be the the second. It shouldn't be the same question. How is your job as a woman on the radio chain? Um, you know, we're still having to fight for everything we get as women. And I will say I've been very fortunate. I have been very fortunate. I've pretty much through my career have been able to say, you know, I think I want to try doing this. And I've had managers who allowed me to do that and gave me the room to grow and then go to different places. I mean, when I moved from sales manager to morning show, I had other stations in the Knoxville market calling me and saying, you can come over here and work with us. What are they doing to you? And I said, no, you don't understand. I asked for this. You know, they couldn't imagine that I wanted to go back on air. <laughs> I'm like, no. Um, yeah. But at this time it was perfect. And it was all, I think it was all kind of God's plan to get me lined back up where I needed to be because I didn't yeah. know I was going to adopt a baby. I didn't know that I was going to want to be home with this child. Um, you know, as a salesperson, right. you're going and coming all the time and you are on air too, but you have a little bit of right. flexibility. You know, I can say, no, I can't do that so that I could be there for his things and, um, and still am able to do that. So I've been very blessed with that. But as far as being um, a woman in the industry, um, there's still a lot of 
most of the owners are men, older mm-hmm. white men. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, there's yeah. a little bit of, a, of that- a good old boy network still there. But there's enough of us strong women who, you know, show, hey, look what we're doing for this company. Look what we're doing for your bottom line. That it, it, they have to come around to seeing, oh, these are valid people, you know, they, to where they don't talk past you to the next male. So you have to fight for that a little bit. But I think that's true for anything. Do you think that you could be, do you think you could sit, let's, do you think you could syndicate? Like, could you talk, could you do radio the way you do radio if, it, if the topic wasn't Knoxville? Yeah, I think we could because we've done it, Mark and I could together. Okay, because we work so well together and we have such a vibe together and we trust each other. And that has to be part of it to us. I mean, you guys are one. Yeah. You're, you are marketing. Yes. If one of us steps out, the other one's going to be there to catch you. If it's like, oh, gosh, this isn't going the way I thought it would. The other one's going to come in and figure out some way that it's coming back around. And it all sounds planned. And um, I mean, we, we have to have that trust. That's perfect. Hang on. we got more with Kim Hansard. She's on Bougie and Fab. We'll be right back. So, Kim, do you, do you think, how do you think the rate, like radio future in general, not your radio? I mean, you, it sounds like, you know, there's been some shakeup in Knoxville. Y'all made it so far. Like, whatever is you got going on up there, don't even want to discuss it. I'm talking about radio future. Mm-hmm. With everything that's going the way it is, um, like, I don't know what affiliates you have. So, if I bring up things, I'm not trying to violate your contract okay. or anything with... With, okay, so so like, I mean, what is it like with iHeartRadios or what is it like for some of these app-based programming that's going out there? Like, what does that mean to you as a radio personality? And and I'm not talking about your station. So I don't want, no. when you say something, I don't want your station to think you're talking no, about this. No, um, no. Okay. I think okay. it, it was scary at first, okay, when, and when things started changing yeah. so much. But yeah. Um, I think as a radio person, regardless of where you are, that if you use these tools and if you use these, um, what could be sources of competition in one way, uh-huh. if you use them to your yeah. advantage, they can only help you grow. I mean, think about the podcast. Right. Uh, we do a podcast separate from our show. It's not any, we, we have a podcast of our complete show every day that people can, you know, time slide anytime they want to. Okay, because you you may not be able to listen in the mornings because your work schedule's changed or COVID-19 happens and you're working from home and suddenly the kids are there and you're teaching them. So you can't listen until your walk in the evening. Um, You you know, that has helped us stay on. Um, But I think if you use those things to your advantage rather than thinking, well, this is it. This is the beginning of the end. You have to move with it. And some people just aren't able to do that. Uh, I mean, you have to know get. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, we were doing, uh, you know, me and you were doing shows together before, you know, we were we were doing web TV shows together um, before before, you know, Netflix was even a makeup station. Yeah. So (laughs) so so does radio hate podcasts or do they hate web streaming? Like like I know, I mean, I got into it with one of the local heavy hitters in in town and TV because, you know, they were pissed off because I was ahead of them. And that was all it, it shook down to. So. Does radio hate podcasts like TV hated web TV years Not if ago? they're smart, they don't. You know, overall. Well, I mean, did, did they? Did they though? They like, did it get? They go, ah, damn them web streamers. I think. I, I think at first the fear, out of fear of where's this going to go, what's this going to do to us? Because you have to remember, at the same time that web things were really taking off, 
that's when everybody yeah. was consolidating. That's when huge radio companies were coming in and buying up hundreds of stations. And then, you know, having, yeah. like we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, let's have one morning show that does 47 markets. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, even back when I was doing some of that web stuff after I left the Market Square stuff and started doing the smoky mm-hmm. stuff, I mean, I was doing stuff to send it syndicate on my own yeah. network into these different markets and even doing web uh, screens, digital screens last year before COVID I was syndicating stuff on those screens, but for advertising. So yeah. I get it. So what is, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Doesn't mean that the community needs it. If you have something profitable, I think they should keep it. If it's profitable and it's yeah. working and it fits a niche, they got, they need to keep it. Consider keeping it. The, what does the next five years look like for Kim? Like what, what do you see in the next five years? Um, let's see. Mark and I, uh, I, I see us still doing a radio show, but I see us morphing um, as we need to. Um, we've had to so far. Uh, when, when another company comes in and buys you, they have thoughts on how you should do things. And I right. think we have to continue to be open. It's real easy to get set in your ways and think, well, we're number one the way we are. Why would we change something? But then you realize that if you're open and can still be coached after 30 years in the business, you know, if you're open to that, that you can grow more. I mean, we're doing better than we've ever been. And a lot of it is because we listened to the hires up in our new company two years ago when they took over. And, you know, we may have resented it at first. We were a little cocky. Um, but right. Yeah, well, yeah. So we're like, we're number but, you one. Know, Why even would we Dolly, change? It, this is working. You all are going to ruin us. Well, they didn't. Well, I mean, we have grown more because we were open to doing what they were coaching us to do. Well, you know, even Dollywood changes their rights yep. 10% every year. It's part. It's what they have to do yep. every year. Any regrets for Kim Hansard? Uh, no, not really. Anything that I, 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 it's like I said earlier, anything I've ever wanted to do, I've known someone who could help me get there, you know, that can open that door. Yeah, I've been very blessed. blessed. I've been very blessed. And I'm blessed that I still have the openness to want to open those doors, you know? Yeah. What's the one thing in your life that that you thought that 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 it's happened, but you thought it would never like it would not even be an option? Being a mom. Yeah. Being a mom. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done. And I had already made peace with not being a mom when I became a mom. So it made it even better. Yeah. Well, and the fight, the fight, the the struggle, and I'm not being negative at all, but that all of that kind of um, is seasoned. Oh, the you're right. To, to be you're that right. Too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You fight yeah. that hard for something. You you appreciate it. Was there a moment that you wanted to say, "I give up, I quit," and anything? Um, hmm. Trying to think. Um, no, not really, because I'm not a quitter. Um, I would. Yeah. I something might not be going my way, so I'd find another way to do it. In your what in uh, what what, be, what like if somebody were to follow your footsteps in breast cancer survival in radio personality in marketing and advertising and radio mm-hmm. sales and um, being a mom and marrying a guy <laughs> named Ralph, what would what would be your word what would be your words of inspiration to someone for any of those topics or all of those topics? What would be something you would say? Know your heart and follow it. You think people you you think people don't listen to their heart? You think they know their heart? I do. I think some people think, well, I want to do this, but that's not what's best for everybody around. Or I need, you know, this would be smarter. This would be a smarter move to do. Or this would be safer. Don't be safe. 
you know, don't be safe. Surround yourself with people who can help you be unsafe and be that safety net. Because if you don't step out on that fear again, you got to have a little bit of nerves, a little bit of fear to push you forward. You think that people actually are, li- do you think people listen to their heart or do they listen to what they feel society's going to say about oh, them? Oh, I think nine times out of 10, it's what society's going to say about them. Yeah. It feels good to shed that stuff, though, if anybody's listening. If you mm-hmm. can shed that, <laughs> it's pretty freaking I've inspiring. You it's on shed its own. so much through the years. <laughs> and you've seen me shed some things, too. Let's, let's sign. You're not yeah. out there by yourself. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've always yeah. loved you, but I love you more now because you are you. I mean, you've always been you, yeah, I am. but it was kind of hidden in some yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, I am. I'm not so much a pain in the ass. Well, I don't anymore. know about that. I mean, I was. Pretty, <laughs> I, was I, I only text you 150 <laughs> times for for this podcast. I could have texted you. I mean, what was it? The last, I mean, I think you got a blast broadcast every minute when I was doing TV. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Anything new that you're working on? Like you were filming some promos the other day when I was there. Has that event passed? Uh, no, actually, the promos that on? I was uh, was filming the other day was for a cancer event that's coming up, the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer for the American Cancer Society, which I'm I've been involved in well before I ever thought about having cancer myself. Um, so I'm a huge supporter right. of that. I'm an advocate for those who just find out. I still seven years later, um, you know when. I'm blessed by this too. I think this is a blessing is if a listener is diagnosed, like I remember when you went through it and they reach out and I am happy to talk with them. And I don't mean just by text. I give them my phone number and I said, let's talk because it's so important. I didn't, it's, it's such a quiet thing. You know, there's so many things that some people don't talk about. And I felt like once I accepted the adversity that I had been given and you have to do that, Um, but once I accepted that, I realized that there was a higher reason that I was going through this, not only to make me stronger, but I have a platform that I can talk to others and I can make it seem less alone. You know, I mean, we Mm -hmm. know so many people suffer from cancer or infertility, which I've lived on the radio as well. Um, but people don't talk about those things. Well, I did. And I continue to because there's so many people out there who are going through it today. And people go through things by themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, for me, if I, you know, I always wanted to be the same. Oh, me too. But, you know, <laughs> it worked. It worked out for me to get out by myself to fix mm-hmm. my stuff. I mean, and then, you know, it worked out a whole lot better for me to get by myself. But so many people deal with things alone and feel like they have no one. And. And for me, I had to push myself. If any, I'm talking to anybody who's listening, I'm not talking to my friend Kim. She knows this, but but I, I'm pushing. I pushed everybody away, and I've started to let people back one at a time on my terms. And it feels so much better to be in control of what you want. And 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 if you have people around you that you can spew off of, and yes. I mean pull off of, that's great. But if you get inside and line that shit up, these conversations are going to come. No matter what, you're going to get it as you need it. And and I really feel like that if you just listen that, you know, that that person's voice. That you oh, absolutely. Hear is there. But again, it's a trust thing. You have to trust the, yep. the process for one mm-hmm. thing, which sounds so cliche and I can't believe I'm saying that. But you do. You have to trust the process and then be open. Being open to to yourself and then others is so important to anything you're going through. 
And that person will be there. You know, that person, that situation that you need will be there. And I'm so glad that, yes, you. I was one of those you pushed away. You pushed everybody away. And you just kind of disappeared did, for a yeah. while. And that's okay. That's okay. But I'm so yeah. glad that I have you back now. No, yeah, no. And it wasn't a matter of being away. It's just nobody yeah. needed to no, know you're it. you're right. I mean, that gets a... You know, I need yeah. I needed to know it. I needed to fit. You know, I needed to line myself up. And I'm definitely no self help guru. And I and just because I'm eating healthy, I mean, I'm still about to go pour me a cocktail <laughs> here in a minute, and I'm still probably going to go smoke a cigarette, and I'm probably still going to have bad days. But the good days have just outnumbered the bad. Just as long as you accept that there's nothing good, there's nothing bad. It just is. And 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 if you can't accept it, you can't change it. You move on, and that doesn't mean run away. That means that and some anxiety on. pills will help you get through anything. <laughs> well, everybody knows my anxiety pill, so we won't talk about that one right now. Kim, Hanser, I love, you, I love too, you with the bottom from the bottom of my heart. You have been there through many, many times, and I know no one else except for you needs to hear this. But you have been there when nobody was. I felt like um, you know I have a lot of friends in your business in Knoxville, and and there and I that sometimes I think. They all get a little jealous of just how close and long and hard me and Kim have loved each other. And, and I just love you. I love you, you. too. I, and I will you. be here for you till the end. I know you will. Listen, you're getting the, you're getting the obituary letter <laughs> when I die. Okay. You got it. You're, you're on the sister it. list. Kim answered. Yeah. You're on the sister list. I, I appreciate you 1000% for what you do for the Knoxville community, my former stomping ground and, and I appreciate um, you being my friend, and and thank you for taking time to uh, be to be with me here today. Like it's it's pretty honorable. Well, thank to you have for you asking me. I would do anything for you, and you know that. So, and this has been fun to me. Yes. This is me getting to spend time with my friends. Yeah, it is, and this is where we thrive. I always love doing projects well, with you. We need to find more. Come answer. <laughs> I, I know, right? We should. We should meet me in Fort Myers or something in a couple months. Kim Hansard, thank you for getting bougie.